Super Talk Mississippi media production. So we'll start our wraparound of the SEC uh, spring practices with Alabama. We're just going alphabetically. I don't want anything to go to anybody's head. I don't want, you know, wondering why Alabama's first. I just went alphabetically. I don't want to hear from any uh, any Georgia fans wondering why we uh, we didn't go with them first. Alabama, to me, I got Travis Ryer. I'm sorry, let me, uh, didn't do the introduction. Travis Ryer from Bama Online. Uh, that's their 24-7 side. He's been covering the Tide for, for a long, long time. Travis, when I look at this Alabama team, you know, I'm looking ahead to media days, and I'm thinking for the first time since I've been going there, I don't think I'm going to vote Alabama first in the West this year. I think I'm going to vote LSU first. I just feel like there's a lot of questions surrounding this Alabama team, more than there's been in recent years. Just looking at the spring, what are the questions they need to answer coming into the spring? Well, Brian, I think you're going to have company in that regard. I yeah. would be surprised if LSU isn't the preseason pick of the assembled media at 2023 SEC media days. But, yeah, I mean, when you start at the quarterback position, if you wanted to just look at LSU's situation with Jaden Daniels coming back in Alabama in the market for a new starter post Bryce Young, then absolutely. Uh, that's a, that's as good a place to start as any. And, you know, a couple of guys, unlike some of the previous quarterbacks that we've seen step into that role, like Bryce Young, like Mac Jones, uh, maybe not the credentials going into it for either Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson. Although as recruits, both were hotly uh, recruited and coveted and all those things. Uh, but we just don't know much about either guy. Now, we do know that Jalen Milrow made a start in 2022 with Bryce out due to the shoulder injury. Uh, Jalen was in there against Texas A&M. It was uneven at best. He did throw three touchdown passes in that game. He did turn the ball over multiple times. So bit hit and miss, uh, fair to say, in that start. Uh, Ty has got a lot of potential. Uh, he was a five-star recruit coming out of the state of Tennessee. So uh, I think he actually has the benefit of not being as exposed as much to this point to the fan base. It's almost like, well, Jalen didn't play well or didn't play consistently well against A&M. So we've already seen that guy get us to Ty Simpson. I think it's a legit competition ongoing right now. But, yeah, I mean, across the board, offensive line, they've got a couple of vacancies to – Fill there. Uh, they need a true number one to step up at wide receiver. Didn't really have that a year ago. Uh, Jameer Gibbs moves on the NFL. Uh, they've got talent at the running back position, but defensively, really, right through the middle of that defense, both safeties, you're starting Nickelback uh, and Brian Branch, who might be a first round pick. You got a couple of inside linebackers that have moved on, some defensive linemen. So, yeah, I think you can pick a spot for this team just about, Brian. And feel like you got some things to to figure out. Well, let's go back to the quarterback battle because obviously that's what, you know, is probably going to make the biggest determination for what Alabama is this season. Two really different style of quarterbacks and a new offensive coordinator with Tommy Reese. Who fits better into what Reese wants to do offensively? And what happens to the loser of this battle? Are you looking at the transfer portal or will they stick it out? You know, I think there's two camps to that. I think uh, there's some familiarity with Ty Simpson, maybe based on his recruitment a couple of years ago uh, with Tommy Reese. But, you know, as much as I hear from Alabama fans that, oh, Reese is going to come in, this is going to be a run heavier approach with Reese, um, I would think that would work well for, for really either of these guys, maybe even more so Jalen Milrow. I mean, if you want to dial this thing back to 2015 and ask Jalen Milrow to be Jake Coker, I think he can do that. Uh, if you want to go 2016 and what you had in Jalen Hurts is a true freshman 
uh, is a run option in that offense uh, that year. I think Jalen Milrow can very much do that. I think Ty can do a lot of those things too. So I don't really buy into this narrative that Reese's arrival uh, fits one guy uh, better than the other. I think ultimately the reality is, yes, uh, Reese is, is going to bring some things from a run game perspective that this offense can certainly use or at least revisit from previous years in the Nick Saban era. And at the same time, there's still going to be throws and uh, a presence as a passer that's going to be uh, non-negotiable for the for the leading candidate, for the winner of this job. So I still think that's what it's going to come down to. I don't think this is going to be single-wing football. You know, this is still going to be 11 and 12 personnel and ultimately the guy who can take care of the football while also allowing Reese to access more of the playbook than the other guy is going to win the job. You mentioned something a second ago, you know, Alabama a season ago, they had playmakers, but they didn't have superstar playmakers the way they've had in the past, especially at that receiver position. You know, no Calvin Ridley, no Amari Cooper, no no, no Devontae Smith, anything like that. Just solid guys, but nobody that you just had to circle and say, don't let him beat you. Is there a guy like that for Alabama this year? And if not, you know, who who is going to have to step up and be that that number one receiver? Well, they bring back a couple of guys and Jermaine Burton and Ja'Cory Brooks that really both finished the 2022 season on high notes. I thought they were at their best uh, individually and collectively there uh, at the end of the season. So you're thinking there's going to be some carryover with both those guys, but there's some excitement about Malik Benson, number one college, junior college recruit for the 2023 cycle, uh, coming in uh, from Hutchinson Community College out there in the Jayhawk Conference. So He has those attributes of a legitimate number one receiver. In other words, you can put him on the outside and he can make defenses pay in some ways that maybe we've seen some previous Alabama receivers here uh, do that. So, yeah, I would say Benson, uh, but you've got some young receivers. You know, you invested some serious reps and some true freshmen last year. So Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice, uh, Kendrick Law, some of those guys that you anticipate coming on as well. One of the big stories of Alabama's offseason, especially here in the state of Mississippi because of where he ended up, is Pete Golding uh, after a, a long run at Alabama, now at Ole Miss. Just what what were the – I can't get ever get a straight answer. It really does depend who you ask, I guess. But your thoughts on Pete Golding leaving Alabama for Ole Miss? Yeah, you know, I think it was time. And, and that's not a knock on Pete. I just think, you know, uh, you just haven't seen many guys – uh, stay in that spot for more than five or six years. Probably, what, Kirby? Yeah. And that's about it. I mean, it's pretty much been interchangeable. And I think Pete was outstanding as a recruiter. I think that makes a, a lot of sense for Ole Miss because some of his work certainly happened right there in the state of Mississippi on the recruiting trail. I think somewhere in the middle with Pete. You know, I think there's people who feel like uh, he was unjustly criticized uh, more than once during his time at Alabama. There's some people that, feel like uh, you know he was just not a good good fit in that role I, I think Pete was fine um, you know and I think you know as much as anything the concerns you had about last year was that was a veteran defense and it didn't live up to it really I mean when you think about the biggest moments of the 2022 season you know they just didn't get the job done in the fourth quarter of games against uh, LSU and in Tennessee and unfortunately fair or not uh, that's how you're kind of remembered. And 
penalties were such a big issue. That was a big surprise, I think, and probably even for Pete, because I, I know that, you know, in individual periods and fundamentally those things were being taught and uh, kind of emphasized uh, as the season wore on. But, you know, it wasn't just young players. Guys like Will Anderson had penalty issues throughout the season. And so how much do you lay at that of that? Do you lay at the feet of Pete Golding? I, I tend to say the players have to take some accountability and some ownership in that too, especially, again, when we're talking about veteran guys like Alabama had on that side of the ball last year. So with this year's defense, Kevin Steele now in Tuscaloosa, a veteran defensive coordinator, got a lot of, of you know, like you said, some some newer faces, but there's some guys who have been back too. What do you expect from this unit in 2023? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because you've got some legitimate com- uh, competition at a number of spots. And you obviously have some building blocks, a Mississippi guy in Jaheim Otis who has lost 100 pounds in a year. Uh, since making his way to Tuscaloosa, I need to talk uh, to him. Jeez, yeah, yeah. We, I, I don't, I obviously don't go to the same gym or nutritionist <laughs> that Jaheim goes to. Um, I'm with you on that one, Brian. Um, yeah. He, he is, uh, he has got a chance in year two to get Alabama back to more of what it received from Deron Payne and Quinnen Williams and guys that you see. You know, now at this point in their pro careers, inking those big extensions and all those guaranteed dollars. So, you know, he has that chance, I think, to be that kind of player. And they need that because for the last couple of three years, they really haven't had it. So uh, he could be that war daddy type right there in the middle of the defensive line. Uh, they've got some experienced guys up front. Uh, they've went to the transfer portal for some some guys at the linebacker position, Trez Marshall coming in from Georgia. And Justin Jefferson, another junior college product, this one from the Mississippi ranks, uh, they like a lot as a as a mid-year enrollee who has a chance off the ball probably more so than in the middle to really impact things. But, you know, returning guys like Deontay Lawson, Dallas Turner on the outside, Chris Braswell on the outside, uh, there's a good mix there in that front seven. And then you get to the secondary. And, again, I talked about safety and the nickelback position uh, you got a lot to replace there. Malachi Moore is a guy that has played a lot of football, both at more so at nickel and some at the dime and also a little bit at safety. So he's a building block there at the safety and sub-package roles. And then you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry back at that one corner is a big help. And you know, maybe Terry and Arnold is ready to reassume that starting job that he lost to Eli Ricks there down the stretch of the 2022 season. But, you know, they've got 26 are so early enrollees. So uh, it's not just competition for two deep spots uh, with a lot of these guys. These guys have a chance uh, with an emphasis on defense, too, uh, to be able to really impact things. So you're the first interview in this series. We're going to do all uh, uh, the other 13 teams in the conference. I'm going to ask this question of everybody we do an interview with. If I come back to you in November, how did this team do? Well, first of all, you can only go up from here, so that's a good starting point. <laughs> no, I got to get to Ole Miss uh, at some point. That'll be fun. Oh, oh I got you. Okay. Um, gosh, when we revisit this team in November, um, I think it will have beaten LSU, uh, but I also won't be surprised if it drops a game in a in September. Something it never does under Nick Saban. Maybe it drops a game even at home to Texas. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, in that second week, you know, that's that's going to be a, a critical matchup there. Um, I don't think Texas is going to go to Tuscaloosa feeling overwhelmed, especially after losing by just a point 
again, to a more veteran and quarterback-driven team a year ago in Austin. So I, I guess the point is I, I won't be surprised by much. Um, I, I think by the time November rolls around, Alabama will be playing its best football, unlike 2022 when it, it seemed like as the season wore on. There were signs earlier in that season that kind of – uh, gave you reason for pause when thinking big picture. But, you know, I think once they get this quarterback thing sorted out and then, um, you know, get into some other areas as well, uh, they got a chance to be, you know, kind of that team we've we've grown to expect to see in November. But, uh, you know, like 2015 with the Ole Miss loss, right, in Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. there could be that kind of hiccup early in the season. Please don't ever mention that game again. I I, I, do, I nearly gave up on organized religion after that game. I'll just be honest with you. So, uh, well, I don't think you did. So, <laughs> Travis Ryer from twenty four seven Thank you so much for joining me here. That's great stuff, and uh, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Brian. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. Media Production.